you answer me like I'm Jesus Christ himself. And if you fucking lie to me, may your mother die. I can't throw the eyes. Where's pussy? I don't know. Don't you fucking lie to me. Tony. Did you do it? Tony. Shh. Don't fucking lie to me. Did you do it? No. Did you fucking do it? No. Did you fucking do it? I said no! I get your fucking hands off. Yes. Wow. What good timing. <laughs> Cancer of the eyes, you say? Welcome to Cut to Black, a Soprano sit-down. I am Jim Scampoli. Those are dogs that I have that are barking in the background, but they'll be quiet, hopefully. And we are here to discuss Sopranos, Season 1, Episode 11, Nobody Knows Anything. Yes, we are. I'm Jacob Burrows, and you tell those dogs that out there... It might be the 2010s. Out there, it might be the 2010s, but in here, it's 1999. 2010s, 99, okay? Because we're going back into the Sopranos again. Oh, yes. I did almost use that clip as well for the open. What a good what a good little segment. Uh, that's right. This is Season 1, Episode 11. This episode is written by Frank Rizzuli and directed by Henry J. Bronstein. Uh, Frank Rizzuli, you may remember, he also wrote the episode Pax Soprana and The Legend of Tennessee Maltesanti, and he is back here with a... Uh, oh, wait, and he also wrote uh, Hit is a Hit, uh, which is the previous episode we just watched. Um, Does he write, like, every upcoming episode of the show? Because it seems like either people work on one episode or they work on almost every episode. Uh, he's got a bunch more, but, uh, yeah, he's got about another one, two, three, four, five five of the next what 70 <laughs> or whatever okay. okay how many do they have 86 or 68 something like that all right and the title is nobody knows anything which is a line that Polly says when it comes to backs nobody knows anything really and it's also said by tony regarding pussy's whereabouts at the end of the episode um, and yeah, at the end, I really do feel like, I mean, you do know everything because you've watched every episode. That's the whole gimmick, but I don't know anything about what's going on. And this is a great episode. I know that. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot, uh, a lot of movement going on, a lot of, a lot of plot stuff falling into place. I mean, and it should be because, uh, after this episode, there's two episodes left in the season. Uh, but things are really coming to a head here, uh, especially on the mafia side of things as there are potential rats, potential wiretaps, uh, maybe, and also some potential hits going out on some of the characters we know and love. Yes, and intrigues aplenty. Um, overall, on the episode, there's so many great scenes. Like in my notes, most of the notes, I, I wrote down what the scene is, and then I, oh yeah, this is a great scene, and then this is a great scene. <laughs> and some of the scenes are just okay, and then most of them are just great. There's none... Like, there's been some sometimes in some episodes where it's like, oh, I guess uh, this happens. But uh, here it's the other way where it's like, oh, another great scene in the same episode. Um, and, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess we could kind of get right into the nitty gritty because uh, we open this episode with Polly, uh, who's at a whorehouse. And we hear some commotion going on, and apparently it's uh, Big Pussy Bumpin' Saro, who we've kind of uh, only, I mean, we know of him, of course, because he's on the show and he's part of Tony's crew. 
but this is kind of the most time we spent with him and we still are kind of what's going on with this guy i mean by design of course yeah i mean he's for me the guy who's not the other pussy like from the initial episode where it's like a confusion as to which pussy's getting whacked uh although i do need to c- c- correct you it's not a whorehouse it's a brothelello <laughs> and uh I, I also noticed we, we do see oodles of these really high panties that were apparently all the rage that go, like the sides just go up to your navel, more or less. Um, so that's interesting. There's a little time capsule for everyone. Uh, I don't, I, I, or maybe it's a cultural thing. Maybe they're still all the rage <laughs> over there. I don't know. Um, but yeah, apparently this brothello is the, a social hotspot because everyone's there. Everyone's just hanging out at this location we've never been to before. And Pussy seems to be having a heart attack, but no, it turns out it's his back. And they get a doctor to come in <laughs> and everything, which is hilarious and great. And uh, yeah, they help him out of there. And usually that would be enough for like a, a stinger, like a thing, just an intro to the episode. But no, then the FBI busts into the Bada Bing too and find a huge pile of guns, and Pussy makes a run for it, which they comment on in the episode, why did he do that? And I still don't know why he did that. Um, and yeah, no, even when he gets out, everyone's making fun of him. Um, so yeah, lots of lots of movements right off, off the bats with the FBI's and everything. Well, real quick, I wanna uh, go backwards for a second, because you mentioned like usually it's kind of like a stinger. You reminded me of the, the intro now, when you watch Sopranos, is Soprano is the Sopranos intro like a Game of Thrones worthy intro where you watch it every time? You know, it has been. It hasn't been uh, all the time lately, actually, but it definitely was, and usually is. I guess it depends on my mood, but I, it, it's like it is kind of Game of Thrones ish because you really get into the mood for some yes. mob shit, mm-hmm. just like you get into the mood for dragons and stuff. Well, that's what I'm saying because I realized when I was rewatching this episode, I'm watching the intro every time. So far, yeah. 11, 11 for eleven. I'm like, oh, I gotta watch it. You gotta see. You gotta hear the music. You gotta see Tony making his trek from New York into Jersey. You see Satrielli's. You see Pizza Land. You see things get more suburban. Uh, and and Tony pulls up to his home and he's like kind of annoyed. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I. Now that I think about it, I definitely always watch at least half the intro. Yeah. Like, I skip forward a little bit. Like, I don't need to see the very start of it. But, you know, I need to know who woke up and when, <laughs> what did they bring with them, and everything. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I just realized, I don't know if we've called it out yet in our discussion of these episodes, but I think Soprano's intro is definitely an all-timer. And especially at a time... I mean, I guess at a time where there were more show intros, there was more common for you know sitcoms and shows to have intros now it's like you know there are the big ones uh but usually it'll be just like a quick thing like breaking bad or whatever or something really fast because intros were Mm -hmm. thought of as cheesy unless they're like elite but sopranos i feel elite intro yeah i mean there's an interesting i'm gonna see if i can find it but uh, an interesting page i think art of the title.com that just goes through the different um like just talks to talks to people who make titles and intros for things and it's a really sort of interesting um art art form i think and you're right there used to be you know the sitcom stuff but then the sopranos and other shows around then were probably part of making it a 
new cool thing again, I would guess. Like, it's definitely got its own sort of angle, right? I don't see... I mean, I, I can't really recall what was on in 99. I <laughs> mostly think of sitcoms when I think of that time. But, like but yeah, nowadays, it's Seinf I, I would Seinfeld. say it's pretty hot as far as anything on HBO. You need a long-ass intro to put everyone in the mood. Real quick, uh, 99, Angel debuted in uh, 1999. Uh, Freaks oh. and Geeks, uh, of course, lasted that one year of 1999. Uh, the West Wing, which I never watched, so I don't know what their intro is all about. I'm sure it's epic. Uh, mm. <laughs> and another podcast we need to do. Yeah, yeah, okay, Maybe. yeah. Well, we're getting off track. I apologize. I just wanted to call it out because I know it's kind of obvious, but the Sopranos intro it definitely kind of sets the tone for some of these cl like modern day classics where it it's it seems harder than it than it looks to have like a nice intro that's not a the like a sitcom-y purse here's uh aj soprano and he waves and smiles at the camera and here's meadow uh it just kind of really fits what you're getting into like you say it kind of amps you up gets you ready but anyways back to the bing pussy runs away and uh it's hilarious because you know he's he's overweight and obviously can't run fast and he gets tired quick and there's a cop waiting for him or yeah. fbi agent and Short note, we do need to make that edit, though, of Meadow turning to the camera and smiling for our comedic Sopranos edit that is coming up, much like our counters and all the stuff we say we're going to do. Well, the obvious would be her look at the, in the cemetery at AJ when oh, AJ realizes the, like his dad's a uh, mobster. Yeah. No, that's perfect. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so... Um, Everyone's everyone's making fun of Pussy for running, and I guess we can get back to it later, discussing his potential. Or I don't know if we can even discuss stuff in this episode because you know the future. You are an all-seeing creature. But uh, I'll, I'll leave it for now, and we'll move on to where Kevin McAllister's dad, Vin, <laughs> informs Tony that Pussy's wired for sound, and this gets Tony real shaken up. Obviously, yeah. Um, he says he wants to see the the evidence, the report, and. Uh, I made a note as well that he doesn't say that he, you know, got busted now and turned. He says that uh, there, there was a deal last spring cut in Las Vegas, home of Jim Scampoli, yep. uh, in connection with a big heroin bust. So even if Jackie is a, a, is a snitch and is bad at it, um, could, be, could be pussies still doing that. We don't know. That secret's at the bottom of the river now. Yeah, I mean... It's because uh, it's interesting too the way they bring this up because like I said I mean Big Pussy is a character we know of um, and we know he's important to Tony but it's kind of interesting he just kind of comes up out of no nowhere like oh yeah this guy uh, is potentially a rat and working for the FBI and it's kind of this all this backstory of stuff we didn't see and maybe it's been going on for quite a while uh, but it's it shows like. How good, I mean, I guess the writing, but more more so how good James Gandolfini is because he really sells it uh, with the way he's reacting to it uh, for Tony. And because it, usually it would be like you, you'd spend some time having them be like, remember back in high school, me and you have been friends forever. <laughs> uh, and, I mean, we get all that without them saying it just because, you know, we've seen the interactions and now we're seeing his reaction to this and clearly it's really affecting him. 
Yes. And Gandolfini's performance, I feel like I personally have kind of been taking for granted um, that it like I've been talking about other stuff that's good in the episodes because you can't just say in every episode, oh, yes, and James Gandolfini holds the whole <laughs> show together. But in this episode, it actually really struck me like, holy shit, this show totally works because of him. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and, and again, because it's not like. We don't get the feeling that he's reacting that way because he's worried about the inf- the information, per se, that's going to get him indicted yeah. or locked up. I mean, clearly that's part of it. It's more about who it is and what that means as far as, like, a long, a clear longtime friend and basically, like, a brother to him, you know? Yeah. It would be like if one of us started a podcast with someone else, you know? <laughs> exactly. It would be like... I, I would need to see it. You need. I need to see it. Well, you can't. It's an audio medium. So, uh, unless you're streaming. I want to see the uh, feed. I want to see the <laughs> iTunes sub. You want to. You better make sure. You better see the reviews. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, they, there's no reviews, so we're, we're in the clear for all ever all of our shows. By the way, you can leave a review at uh, Cut to Black, the Cut to Black feed. Thank you to everyone who's left a review so far. Uh, there's a house party at the Sopranos and. Tony asks Pussy to move a piano, even though he knows his back is fucked up. And Pussy, I love how he makes sure to walk all the way up before saying that he can't do it because he doesn't want to shout across the room, obviously. He wants his dignity, so he kind of whispers it. Um, So Tony gets Polly and Christopher to do it and uh, tells them to keep an eye on Pussy. And they know something's up because of how he's popping them perks. Um, And... um, Polly says there isn't even anything wrong with his back, so there. Yeah, and he hasn't been making his collections, right? He hasn't been out on the street right. picking up that money, and you start to look like uh, you start to look like a like an easy mark or something. Where oh, I'll get money from this guy, and he's not going to come pick it up. And 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 Polly even says how like I even offered to pick it up myself. But then I'm wondering, like, I wouldn't want Polly making my runs because, you know, he's taking that money. You know, he's like he's skimming some off the top for the trouble. Uh, Like, no, no, don't worry about it. I'll do it. But yes, yes. So we get the information about that. Big Pussy's acting weird. He's not making his collections. He's popping these pills. And he, yeah, Polly made a recommendation to a doctor that worked on like the Jets, like the New York Jets players. So he's a real good back doctor. But I love how Polly has that second guess where... I don't know if it's just because of Tony's reaction or he realizes the potential of what could happen to what he's saying. Cause then I was like, Oh, but also, you know, when it comes to backs, they don't really know anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. Um, there's a therapy session coming up next and Tony's sort of asking about psychosomatic pains, which is when you feel something, but it's all in your head, but you really do feel it. Um, and she mentions secrets and guilt and the scene is basically there to even more cement that he thinks there's something up or has reason to think so. At least he can't dismiss it because he's kind of looking for a reason to dismiss it, I think. And it's yeah. interesting how small the therapy is in this episode and in a lot of episodes. And in some episodes, it's very central. And it's good, pretty good, I think, because it's the whole conceit of the show. But there's some episodes where it's like very therapy heavy. Uh, but then you back off a bit, like this episode, she's just there to put in an lex- extra bit of information. We don't need to have them like talking in metaphors and dreams all the time. Absolutely, yeah. Where it's it's nice to know that it does it. They don't have to think of it as this 
thing to shoehorn in all the time or bookend every story. Uh, yeah. They kind of just use it when they should. Uh, I mean, there's because there's even been a few times where arguably, like, we don't need to know what Melfi's up to. Uh, yeah. So, but I do love her response when she's like, uh, "I don't really like to give advice on your friends because you always get angry and swear and <laughs> and he's just Yell. like he's just like, well, this is very important to me. Uh, you know, it's trying to like settle it down. But yes, as we have become aware. I mean, because we know, and Melfi knows, he is looking. She doesn't know the specifics, but she knows Tony well enough that it's clear he's looking for either, uh, like, a specific answer. And if you're not, and you're going to give him the one he doesn't want, he's going to freak out and say that you're a fucking idiot. Like, yeah. I mean, going back to, what was it, uh, with the cancer thing. And he's like, what do you know? You don't, <laughs> you're not a cancer doctor. He's like, freaking out. Well, yeah, I was going to say, going back to literally any episode, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> that does happen a lot. So I get it uh, from her perspective. Next scene, Tony and Vin hang out at the Brothello. And this is one of the scenes where I wrote, great scene. Um, this well, is where he yeah, calls Vin saying, a degenerate gambler with a badge. Did they call it a Brothello or did they call it a Bordello? No, nah, I'm calling it a Brothello. All right. I wasn't sure if you were doing a bit or if you were just uh, confused. <laughs> Sometimes it's a bit of both. <laughs> Sometimes you don't know the words that's coming out of your mouth before you say them. Like Tony, when he calls his friend a degenerate gambler with a gun. Um, and this is kind of, it's interesting because I've felt that way about this character the whole way through, mm-hmm. Vin. And this is, this is a, such a great scene that I started feeling like, wow, this character's really going places. Yeah. Like this is, uh, he's becoming more and more of a character. I'm really enjoying uh, to see his arc and where he's been and where he's going. Um, but he does, because he does this nice sort of monologue about when he was a kid and his dad screaming and smacking around his mother, how he would hide under the bed. And it's a simple story, but like, he's almost, uh, taking Melfi's role. Like he's almost doing, it's, 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 um, it's a conversation with more than one layer. And you get the feeling that most of their conversations are like, fuck you. No, fuck you. Oh, here's the thing. Well, here's the drugs or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's it's a nice scene, I think, because uh, because they actually connect and like he's yelling at him, but he knows he's not yelling at him, and like they're laughing both of them at the end, I think, and uh, it's yeah, good. because he's like, uh, you know, when did you want to go hide under a bed, Tony, or something? He's like, yeah, right now, and they all kind of have like a nice chuckle about it, yeah. and it's a nice reminder. Uh, I mean, and of course, the timing's very deliberate for what happens with this character. But it's a nice reminder that this character is a person yeah. and not in a like he was badly written before. It's just more he was a side character. And now it's a reminder that he's a person. I mean, that's kind of why I've been talking about on, on each episode when we're discussing this show when this character talk pops up. It's interesting on the rewatch because you do see that Tony constantly treats him like shit. And, yeah. and, and it's not so much that it's undeserved either. But when you remember, like, he's kind of he's just another guy that's depressed as well. And you know, those things all add up and lead to, you know, where they lead to. And especially just any any person can relate to like what we learn later on where he kind of just started to second guess where he ended up. Like, is this what I wanted to be when I was a kid? Is this, you know, even even starting out as a detective? There's a lot of things you pick up just from some of these scenes and discussions on this guy that you can kind of 
guess. Like, oh, maybe he did have ideals and started out wanting to be a good cop, and he was yeah. the opposite of that. But <laughs> you're right. Like, the, you get a lot of sympathy with kind of just some simple little storytelling devices that are used really well. Yeah, and we don't need to have a scene where, like, they fucking are hugging and crying together. Like, we don't need to go all the way the other direction just to telegraph, oh, yeah, this guy's going to die soon. We just need to show, like, a glimmer of humanity and then even having other characters talk about him later, like you were saying about where he was in life and stuff. It, it makes you remember that even a side character, like, in a different show, maybe you'd be shitting on this side character, but he's just a side character, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But here he went and killed himself. So <laughs> just reminding you that he probably can't even afford a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like basically he's now lost everything. I mean, we'll get to it, but it's great how he's like annoyed at traffic and then you realize where he's going. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then there's an interesting scene with Livia Soprano and Carmilla because um, at the party, at the get together, uh, Carmilla was upset that her uh, that his mother wasn't coming there, uh, and Tony was more sort of this is standard manipulation, like spitting his uh, therapist learned phrases. Um, and um, Carmilla decides to go there and kind of call her out on some of this whole victim crap that Livia is always pulling, and Livia is moaning and wailing, and some of it actually seems kind of real in this scene. I guess that's the thing; it's very much hard to tell sometimes where where it begins and ends with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she uh, notably takes offense at a comment about Junior that uh, obviously Carmela does not mean that you're palling around too much with Junior, but she takes it that way, and we get it telegraphed several times in this episode that that's probably on her mind because that's what's on her mind, maybe a little bit. And she says, at least with Junior, I've got some purpose in life. Yes, yeah, she's doing her full-on poor me routine, and it kind of she brings it up as a nice diversion because Carmilla is making good points just about like I'm a mom, I'm a mother as well. I understand you got to know what type of influence and how you can affect your own child. You know, a child you raised their whole life and they've looked up to you as a parent. And, yeah, she's just doing her, you know, uh, Johnny Boy was a saint and, oh, I'm here in this uh, retirement home. And and then, yeah, then she makes a comment about, well, you know, give the food to Junior or whatever. And then she has to divert it into, like, how dare you with my own husband's brother, you say? And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just kind of classic Livia, uh, par for the course. And, um yeah, I mean, I guess it does kind of play in pretty nice with what she is getting out of this, uh, her weird, like, consigliere uh, role with Junior Soprano. That's like yes. a, that's like the the kind of main advisor to a boss, if you don't know. Yeah, I felt, felt like I'd heard that in a Godfather movie or yeah. some such. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't even know, like, when, like, I... She feels it at some point, and she has to because her motivation for fucking ratting out Tony later in the episode is part of this, and it's part of the house getting sold. But as you say, we'll we'll get there. Um, Tony visits Pussy in his house and sees his son, who's home from college, and he does his sort of whole, don't ever let anyone make you feel like you don't have options because you have friends. 
you got anything you want to tell me? But it doesn't really lead anywhere. Yeah, he's de- he goes there kind of feeling him out, trying to see what you could pick up here. And, you know, Big Pussy's still, he's, he's all laid up in his uh, recliner with his back. And uh, Tony makes, like, a, a great dad joke about... Oh, uh, you studying astronomy? Uh, why are you always up in the stars? Or some some <laughs> shit like that. Like it's it's pretty it's pretty good. He's hey, oh, you studying astronomy, and he's like, uh, no business. He's like, oh, why is this guy saying you're taking up space in oh, college? That's, that's what it was. Yeah, and such a classic, you know, a moment where it could be these are just regular. This is your dad and your dad's friend who you call Uncle Tony, even though he's not your uncle or whatever. Just yeah. a couple of regular lamos. Uh, who may murder each other. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's just kind of a nice, it's like a nice reminder. Like, say you're on the other side, though, uh, like in Big Pussy's uh, position, whether he mm-hmm. is a rat or whether he isn't a rat. You start to, you know, like friends come to you, like they kind of make this point in Goodfellas a bit, like your friends are the ones that show up smiling and then they kill you. So yeah. it's got to be such a weird with like, wait a minute, why is he visiting me at my house? And he's asking questions or, you know, then later as we see like Polly just shows up and it's like, hey, hang out, let's hang out. But then it's like, oh, wait, do you want to hang out with me or do you want to kill me? What's going on here? <laughs> yes, I was thinking that as well, <laughs> that even if he's totally innocent of everything, he's probably like, he knows something's up and thinks but probably will start thinking that they think he's a rat or a traitor or whatnot so like he's fucked either way in that situation <laughs> yeah um but yeah it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because i really feel like i don't know um i'm uh, just jumping ahead a little bit when tony eventually figures out no it was jackie we obviously know that he's so eager to say that i mean i don't know why he doesn't care so much about jackie but it's clear that he doesn't um he's he's just uh he immediately is is happy to do so but then i remember like rewatching. they did say about las vegas so unless he was lying that wasn't jackie probably what jimmy jimmy that wasn't jimmy jackie's the boss who's had cancer oh yep that's true but anyway um what do you think i can't say (laughs) yeah well i mean just basing on this episode as well uh like just this episode alone without talking about anything that may happen in the future um i i think you're you're completely right and you know you see this especially when tony shows up because tony finally has found an answer or a way out and and yeah we know that we know some other details they said about potentially in Vegas, but we're also throwing some other information from Silvio that this guy's in uh, for Big Pussy for 30 grand, but then we're getting information from the uh, Bordello or the Brothello uh, Madame who says, yeah. like, no, she he was never worried about stuff like that because he thought he had a good in with Tony Soprano. So we get all this nice information that can pull you one way or another, but I think the most important read is picking up that that Tony is so desperate for another answer. And it's just the way he's yeah. acting. I love when he's like, um, uh, when he's like, where's Paulie? 
And then he's like, uh, he said he'd be here. And he goes, why isn't he here now? <laughs> <laughs> and then when he says, and I also, when Paulie shows up and he goes, I've been calling you all fucking night. I have to imagine he didn't call him at all. And he's just acting like that. Because, I mean, as far as we're concerned, he didn't call him all night. Uh, he was having dinner until uh, Jimmy showed up. So yeah. he's like, I'm fucking calling you all night. Where you been? And, yeah, he's freaking out. Uh, but, yeah, we'll get that a little bit more. But Because back in uh, the episode here, Tony finally kind of tells Polly what, what's going on. Because whatever Tony read from visiting Pussy, it didn't help, clearly. Because yeah. now he says he's, like, 90% sure that it's legit. And Polly offers to do it for him, to do the, do the deed of killing Big Pussy. And, he, you know, he brings up, like, well, you got the stripes. You know, you're the captain. This is kind of one of the perks. You don't get your hands dirty with shit like this. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, that's when Tony makes that great, like, you better see that fucking wire on his chest. You got to be sure. You got to be 100%. This is, like, a family member here. Yeah, 110%, I think. Yeah. And, and this is where I wrote another great scene because I just loved the scene. And I, maybe this is where I wrote about his... Uh, acting Gandolfini the way he's sitting there and drinking and he comes in and finally shares this thing and Pauly does really well as well acting wise you know because he says like he first his mind is blown and then he sort of gathers himself and says that he's gonna do it and Tony even says no no and like you said I wrote down that line you waited a long time for the stripes this is one of the perks mm. I'll do it and Tony does agree but uh, yeah, he wants he wants him to see it. But like, here's the thing: I, he should have just needed to say that once. But the the thing is, he says it like eight times that you need to see it. Do you understand? And he's like, mm-hmm. and he's like, don't mm-hmm. yeah. like fucking tell me. So that makes me feel like Polly might be the worst person for this job <laughs> because you had to tell him that many times. You shouldn't need to do that because he's your friend. He should already want to be super sure. And if he's an idiot, don't give him that job. Like, for example, if he's going to go, well, he didn't take his shirt off when I started yelling at him and driving him around and putting him in a place he didn't want to be. He didn't take his shirt off when I told him to. So I better cap this motherfucker. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that's what happened. There's so many different possibilities in my mind of maybe he's fucking six feet under maybe he did a runner maybe because because paulie in the end there he has this look when he says no it's such a great scene at the end when he says no he didn't do it because i could read that like him just being kind of intimidated or Mm -hmm. him realizing oh shit i really fucked up because he sounds like a kid who did something bad and says no so don't give him the job to then tony (laughs) like fucking those stripes you got him for a reason use your brains yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, and if you're not going to give it to Polly, definitely don't give it to Christopher. I mean, maybe let's look to Silvio on this thing here if you're, oh if my you're God. concerned. He would just go and shoot, <laughs> not him, he would shoot, like, someone in a meat shop or whatever, and then, like, I thought he looked like pussy, I don't know, he looked like a pussy to me, haha. <laughs> anyway, I'm arrested now. Want to read my screenplay? <laughs> yeah, you want to read a uh, mob script? Uh, yeah, I mean... It, that's kind of what's great about this episode is you're really kind of in Tony's mindset where you feel like, okay, now I get the information. Now I know that this is true. And then it's like, well, no, but what about this information? This means it couldn't be true. But then it's like, okay, well, maybe it is true. And then you're right. And then we, even with Polly, you know, for as far as even we, the audience, 
we don't think he did it, but then, you know, maybe he, he did have a look on his face. Did he go and follow him and do something? Everything's left pretty cloudy, but in a good way, uh, yeah. where the kind of the tension's there and, and, you know, you're anxious to see where this is going. Yes. Um, so Tony then goes to see his mother with some CDs, um, but she's at aqua therapy. <laughs> uh, we got a great line about Neptune um, and he wanted to tell her that the house went into escrow and uh, again in the scene we get it mentioned from the administrator how much she looks forward to Junior's visits yeah I don't really know what to read from this uh, kind of because I mean it, for, first of all like yeah the just the idea of Livia Soprano at aqua therapy sounds outrageous but then, so is that like a detail that's showing us she was just doing the poor me put on and she is kind of, I mean, we do know that she's happier than she lets on at Greengrove. Um, and then, so yeah, is Tony reading more into these meetings with Junior here? Is that why he reacts the way he reacts? I was kind of a little, I wasn't sure where to go from this one. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't think it's about Junior because... He doesn't give a shit about Junior this whole episode mm -hmm. and is way like lax on it as he may pay a sort of price for. Um, it really feels like this scene is so that uh, he there will be an extra blow to Livia about the house. And because she's in aqua therapy, Tony's not there to talk her down or actually talk to her about it. So Livia just gets to stew in that until Junior shows up. And Carmilla had the line about makeup and the like, are you wearing makeup? Which made me feel like there was truth to the whole thing of her having an interest in Junior or yeah. at least appreciating someone showing any type of interest in her. Obviously, mainly as, as far as information and, and yeah, being a conciliere. <laughs> uh, but, um, <laughs> but maybe also kind of wanting to be seen as something of a woman or something. And if Tony had actually seen her maybe it would have gone different yeah that makes sense yeah that that makes sense because yeah i guess because we know that things are heating up as far as junior's concerned so it was almost i was kind of like wait is tony tony doesn't know yeah tony doesn't realize what's happening so uh i was just kind of at a loss for where to go with that but i think that kind of explains it a bit more for me yeah and i think it was I, I don't know. For him, it's like, oh, yeah, we sold the house. And then she's there crying about it. Like, she doesn't even, he doesn't even realize that it would have been an issue. And maybe if he'd been there when she found out, it would have been better. Uh, but yeah, it's, I guess it's that. And also to show that she's more connected to the old folks' home and also to show that administrator looking really tiny behind her desk because <laughs> she's sitting kind of like, like, like a child at the desk. Um, due to the angles or whatever. So yeah. that's probably part of why uh, yeah. they made that uh, scene. And uh, yeah, then from here we get the Polly rolling up on uh, Big Pussy to bring him for a schwitz. And yeah, he wants him to uh, take his clothes off. And he's like getting very aggressive about it. <laughs> why yeah. won't you take your clothes off? Uh, and well, the other thing, I wanted to look that up. Is heat bad for... Um I guess it's, it's bad for ble uh, high blood pressure. I can't imagine that it's yeah. great. <laughs> high blood pressure sauna. But it is how the Russians live so long. So, hmm. Can sauna sweats lower your blood pressure? 
Yeah. Or no, sauna and high blood pressure restrictions. So there's there's some truth there. And he's like, oh, you yeah. fucking... W- yeah. My doctor specifically said steam and heat. I got high blood pressure. But I feel like it's... This scene is great, too, because it's like... Can go go both ways because we know... Like, obviously, Pussy's acting that way because... Polly's acting so weird, but is he doing that because he's a fucking rat or just because he's acting super weird? It could be either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just, it's like, oh man, all the all the glitz and glamour of being a mob boss, but now you have to wonder if your friends are flipping on you? Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, as you mentioned, Silvio has been investigating Vin and found out that he owes pussy 30 big ones. So, but, but Tony doesn't, even though he really wants an out, he doesn't latch on to that and say, oh, it's done then, let's kill Vin. He just, uh, he's not fully convinced one way or the other. And he mentions someone who, uh, who flipped previously. And I don't know if that's either a real mob person or the guy he killed in the college episode. No, it's a real, he mentions Gravano. He's like, that's what they yeah. said about Gravano. That's Sammy the Bull Gravano. He's the, one of the main witnesses that, put Gotti, uh John Gotti away. Okay. Cool. And I think he's um, one of those guys that um he ended up in like uh witness protection or whatever in like Arizona and then was like arrested a few times later for like uh just setting up shop basically like while in witness protection just kind of dealing meth and doing all kinds of fucking uh shit after he got right. his uh after he turned on John Gotti. So kind of similar to the guy they killed in the college episode. <laughs> yeah, then. basically. He had, his, he had his little drug deals and everything. Um, then the brothel gets busted uh, while the cop is there. And the mob guy. And as we said, it's a social hub. So everyone gets busted. I'm amazed Tony wasn't there or no one really important from the crew. I guess one of the other capos gets busted. Um, this leads to sex talk at br- the breakfast table and the whole, nope, it's 1954 out he- in here and so on. Well, and I love how they cut to the news and the news makes that joke of like, I don't know what's more embarrassing, being caught like in a whorehouse or with a wise guy. And it's like, what news would ever make that comment? <laughs> like, and yeah. yeah, then Meadow as a, you know, progressive uh, high schooler in the 90s is like, ah, this Puritan America, not even allowing uh, prostitution. It should be legal. Sex is such a you know, a freeing open thing. It's the nineties. And yeah, Tony makes that great speech of, you know, well, that's where you're confused out there. It's the nineties in here, 1954. So I don't want to hear any more sex talk. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, so that's just a mainly, I think a nice bit of family stuff woven in there and showing his general mood and his day to day. It's still going on. I also liked, um, well, I guess it's, yeah. After this, when, when Jackie comes to see, not ja- I wrote Jackie in my notes. That's why I keep saying it. Oh, um, yeah. it's what Jimmy. was it? Jimmy Altieri is the guy. J- when Jimmy comes by, he he tells uh, AJ to go check the door, and AJ's like, "I'm eating," and I'm like, "Even I, as a smart ass kid, <laughs> is like the door's right there. Like <laughs> it's it's not gonna take you forever." Um, but yeah, I guess he's being a moody moody teen or preteen uh yeah aj yeah i do like how the scene that other scene ends with meadow being like what's up with him like yeah <laughs> uh but yeah yes. yeah so yeah tony's like go get the door but then he's also like see who it is first like 
he's just yelling, like barking more orders uh, as he goes to answer it. And true, true. it is Uncle Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Altieri, and he's acting very out of character. Well, I mean, maybe not out of character, but he is acting like, hey, audience. Maybe you need to take a second look at me, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, he is phrasing things really weirdly, making Tony think he's wired. And he says the money's marked as well, which I don't know. But it's, to Tony, it sounds like the worst bullshit ever to get them to like do something that's going to get them caught. Uh, but more importantly, like he's, he keeps saying, like, so what are you going to do about the uh, huge money you stole? And, like, they want to know, they asked me about the dead Colombian, remember? Mm. And, like, Tony's like, you're looking good. <laughs> and, like, obviously not saying anything in that situation. Although we did skip over uh, Vin killing himself. Yes, yes. So Vin, he's in traffic, and he's getting really annoyed with traffic, but he's got his badge and gun and everything in a folder. Uh, not a full day, like an envelope. We assume he's uh, like on his way to turn it in, essentially, because maybe not getting. Because I think Tony even makes a comment like he probably wouldn't have gotten fired, but maybe he was going to get suspended or something like that. He's clearly yeah. on his way to a bad thing, and he's in a big rush. But we feel like he's. We find out he's in a rush to jump off that bridge, um, and I, I think that's interesting because it's like. Do you think he was in a rush because he would maybe lose his uh, like will to do it or something? Where it's like, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. Let's just end this shit. Uh, or I, just a nice little comical add-on to a suicide setup. Uh, I guess because, because it was my first viewing, I was so surprised, kind of, that I thought he got, he got really annoyed with that traffic, huh? He got super like annoyed because he had to honk the horn, so I guess that's why he did it. So don't ask me for a deep analysis of uh, why why he was doing that. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess you're you're probably right. It's just um, I I mean he'd already decided, right? He didn't yeah. like <laughs> he wasn't annoyed by the traffic to that degree. That would yeah. be stupid, and only a stupid person would think that. Yeah, I think I guess it's just a nice maybe. The way I could read it is um, clearly it's something he's thought about in the past um and never went through with it so it's like now i'm gonna go do it and oh, if i'm stuck here in traffic maybe i'll lose my will to make this decision and yeah he takes a little uh, plunge off the bridge and yeah i think we also do see um tony speaking to the mad- the madame and she talks about uh you know kind of how he th- like well she d- i like how she says you know he didn't really talk about you guys like you're not the <laughs> You're not the fucking main thing in his life. But he did kind of speak fondly of Tony, even though Tony treated him like shit. Um, It probably did feel good for him to have, like, I guess, an in with, like, a boss or a capo, depending on what, how, how, if he understood how things were being run. Um, And you do get the sense that even if he was in for that much money. Like, I don't feel like this is the first time he's owed a ton of money because we, we've all we've seen is he's a degenerate piece of shit gambler. So I don't yeah. feel like it would be like Tony even says, like, do you think this guy would have the balls to make a move like this? So I don't know. I like this scene and how it kind of just makes things a little bit more murky and especially adding in the suicide and all that. So, yeah. And uh, obviously Tony feels bad for how he treated Vin. Um, Kind of like the guy with the lisp or whatever. Oh yeah. Um, because afterwards he, I mean he he it's she says specifically like the place he wound up in life he wasn't too happy with it and it's I mean a great thing 
that Tony says earlier uh, that he's a degenerate gambler with a gun. And he says, you have an amazing ability to sum up a man's life in just a sentence mm -hmm. because he's that's almost like him getting sentenced and him him seeing how Tony sees him and also Tony just shitting on him and he's obviously already feeling pretty down at the start of the episode and he just kind of wants to leave. Um, and it's great that they also have this moment of almost connection and tenderness earlier because otherwise if he killed himself, it would just be, oh, Tony, you shit on this guy until he killed himself. And Tony's like, oh, man, I got to talk about this in therapy. But here it's actually like a person. They made him a person uh, right at the end there. Right and in, also, yeah. Yeah, right <laughs> in the nick of time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, yeah, so that I was mean, good. and it's, it's uh, reminiscent of like Tony seeing the signs of depression with Christopher uh mm -hmm. in in his episode as well i mean given he's seeing these more now in hindsight with uh detective home alone because uh i mean he didn't give he doesn't really give a shit about him that much but yeah they had a nice moment and a little connection he realized like he had a little bit more uh of a, like a relationship with this guy than he thought yeah, and it's funny you should mention that because I'd kind of forgotten about Christopher's rough, like, depression because lately it, there hasn't been a lot about that. It's been sudden, all of a sudden it was like, now we're in the music biz, <laughs> and yeah. and that kind of went away. Uh, but, I, I mean, I, I do appreciate the way this show kind of throws balls into the air and then waits a bit to catch them, uh, like with the FBI stuff starting to heat up there, like with Junior, like uh, bringing us to the next scene where... Um, stuff about the, the the meetings in the old folks' home um, because that's kind of been on ice for a few episodes, but then it comes back and it makes sense because it's kind of been simmering and we knew something bad was going to happen, and that's probably the same with Christopher and a lot of things in the show. Yeah. Um, it's kind of surprising but, to me that Junior didn't know about this, but I guess it kind of makes sense. He's not, like, paying attention to what they're doing, but... Like we've talked about in the past, it seems like they're very flippant with just showing up at the old folks' home and like talking to each other there and stuff like that. Uh, and then Junior's around visiting Livia. So it is a little weird that he didn't know. I do love his reaction when he says like, I forget the exact line, but he's like, meetings? Pluralcy? <laughs> like, just using the word pluralcy was so funny to me. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, he finds out about the meetings and everything, and obviously he's enraged. Enraged? Yes. Uh, and she says, uh, I don't want that talk. And if you keep talking like that, I won't tell you anything anymore. Showing that she's fully aware of what she's doing as far as feeding him information and such. Um, but at the same time, I don't think she gets... I mean, it's all. It's, she's such a great character because it's so hard to know for sure. But I don't think she gets how bad that would get uh, from just saying that they're having meetings there. And Junior's already sort of floated the idea of maybe we need to do something permanent about Tony. Um, and I, I don't think she would ever want that to happen, actually. Um, so there, when she goes, whoa, what did I say? Yeah, uh, It actually rings true. Yeah, and she turns on the waterworks, and yeah, she's like, what did I say now? What did I do? And it just kind of like hangs for a moment. Like it just hangs yeah. on her, and then it even hangs on Junior for a beat too. And I'm like waiting yeah. for him to say something, but then it goes to the next scene. But I really like how they do that because, again, it is the big question is like, 
is she manipulating this situation? Does she understand what's happening? Or is she, yeah, like you're saying, does she not understand the full gravity? She maybe just wants it to be like a thorn in Tony's side and maybe things happen to his crew or something. Like, it's really hard to gauge where we're at. Yeah, and the weird thing is like that I think maybe Junior breaking up with his boo is important because previous to that, she was like when she was talking to Tony, she was all ready to shit on Junior and vice versa. Like she was kind of okay with with playing both sides as far as like she wants to make everyone equally miserable. And maybe that's part of why they put in the stuff about the makeup and the administrator saying, oh, she really looks forward to those visits to sort of cement her position closer to Junior where she would um, fuck Tony up like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then as we said, yeah, then we, we have Jimmy visiting Tony and kind of acting a little bit more suspicious. And then we get we cut back to Satrielli's, the pork store where Silvio's there. And uh, that's where Tony shows up kind of very excited that he's maybe found an out here and that Jimmy's the fucking rat. Yeah. And where's Paulie? Why isn't he here now? <laughs> I love his fucking the way he says that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, and it's a great scene. Yeah, another one where I wrote that. And um obviously when Paulie shows up and just like he had to ask him like fifty times, don't do shit until you see the wire, he also has to ask him fifty times, did you actually do shit even <laughs> though you didn't see a wire? Um and uh, but then he does apologize because he does say no like a bunch of times and it's either like well either you don't believe him and then you got to kill him right away or just chill out for a little bit and he manages to kind of chill out a little bit and i love i think i mentioned the top of the show with the quote but when he's like you know if you lie to me may jesus give your mother cancer of the eyes like (laughs) yeah what a great fucking what a great detail and yes. yeah silvio kind of has to break it up a little bit and, and even paulie steps a little out of line like talking to a boss but i mean at that point what are you supposed to do because tony says like take your fucking hands off me because tony is like throwing him up against the wall and in his face and it's weird because is it just that paulie's dumb or is it just because tony is the so fucking distraught over this big pussy situation because he even says like before Polly shows up and Silvio's like you don't think Polly and then he's like don't even say it don't even talk like that uh like he's that god forbid uh, yeah god forbid he's like that freaked out about it and you can't help but laugh at the line and you almost have to pull the line for a soundboard when he sits down and he looks at Paul and he goes I can't find pussy anywhere (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. That does have a double meaning, doesn't it, now that I think about it? Uh, We've all felt like that. Um, So, yeah, that's a fantastic scene, and everything is left totally unsure and unknown about everything, about what's going to happen and what has happened. Is Pussy alive? Is he in the state? Is he six feet under? Did he do a runner? What about his family? Um, All these things are questions in my mind, and, like, it does seem like Jimmy's a fucking snitch, though. I gotta say, <laughs> like, I I can't really see that any other way. But that doesn't exclude the possibility um, that Pussy is as well, especially considering Las Vegas. Yeah, 
Yeah, two fat fucks with uh, brown hair or whatever he says. Yeah, uh, and, and it's interesting. We kind of end this episode. I mean, we end fully on Tony, but like the last scene where it checking in with Mikey, uh, Mikey Palmisi, who is such a fucking such a piece of shit. And uh, yeah, he just shows up with his buddy. They get a new microwave. It fell off a truck, and we realize like Mikey's like kind of talking to his wife about shit that he probably shouldn't be talking about um, uh-huh. because you know. Mikey's friends, like, we got word on that thing. You know, we're going to get some out-of-towners to do it. And uh, what she's... The wife's like, uh, don't tell me we're not going to Vegas next month, Mikey, because I already got a babysitter and everything, or whatever the fuck she says. And then Mikey's just like, got a big smile on his face. He's like, hey, it's not happening. Uh, I don't give a fuck. Like, he's such a piece <laughs> of shit. <laughs> like, even to his Honest- wife. <laughs> oh, good. I'll be honest. I'm starting to like Mikey. <laughs> Uh, the way he moves and talks is so unique. He's like a cartoon character, yeah. And but he still seems believable, yeah. Um, and, and it was interesting to see a slice of his home life because him and his wife have a really interesting dynamic, uh, as you mentioned. But also stuff like, yeah, she, he's like smiling and cursing at her, and she's like all annoyed at first, but then she's like, eh. and then she's more happy about him moving up a few steps but then he's sort of telling her to shut the fuck up and make the coffee and even we like the viewers you they put in the foley work we can hear the coffee brewing (laughs) and she rightly says it's brewing but she's like smiling yeah when she does it yeah she's Um, enjoying it in a weird way yeah so that's really interesting um and it does end on that except it's like they know how we get our covers for this show. We uh, we have tended to pull the last frame because it is called Cut to Black, and they just decide to end it on this wonderful shot of Tony down by the bridge. And I didn't realize that at the time, but of course it's the freaking bridge where he threw himself <laughs> off the bridge. Yeah. Uh, and I'm an idiot. But uh, yeah, it's a nice shot, and it's a nice closer. It sort of um, ties it together. Because it would have been weird if it was just like, and then we end on Mikey's fucking coffee. Like, <laughs> well, and especially because Mikey's wife, like they they throw in the joke where he's like, uh, you know, Tony Soprano is like on the outs forever or something. She's like, he's going to jail. Like, no, the other forever or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and then it just cuts to woke up this morning, <laughs> yeah. got myself a gun. That would not be a good ender. Uh, but yeah, we get this nice moment of uh, like Tony in silent reflection because it's like, you know, he's taking in everything that we've seen in this episode. Like, of course, obviously Detective Home Alone and him taking a header off the bridge, but also all this stuff going on with Big Pussy and potentially uh, Jimmy Altieri also being a rat or Big Pussy's a rat. And where did he go? Did Polly kill him? All kinds of stuff going on. But maybe one of the things he should be thinking about is his fucking mom and Junior. Come on, dude. Like, yeah. let's wake up a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, we're on that path. We got two episodes to go, and then uh, season one is in the books. The weird thing is, um, it's, like, obviously the thing was we make Junior the boss, and then Tony's, like, the real boss. But in the last couple of episodes he hasn't really been doing a lot of big bossing. Um, like, it's kind of been just, things just kind of move along. And and yeah, obviously about the FBI, he kind of put in the thing of like, well, maybe we better prepare and everything. And Junior's like, yeah, we better prepare and everything. But it's not like there's a big mob thing that makes him the boss above Junior because he's kind of been focused on his own shit even, kind of. 
Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, he's caught up in his own thing with his friend. He's caught up in some, I mean, still kind of caught up, even though he's not paying close enough attention, but caught up in stuff with his mom and Green Grove, dealing with Hash, helping him with his thing and a rapper and, uh, you know, things are going on, my guy. You gotta, you gotta keep your head on a swivel. Yeah, I guess that's why it felt so uh, kind of a little bit off when it was all about a couple of episodes. What was it? Uh, yeah, it's all about him trying to fit in with the with the white people. That was mm-hmm. like, it it felt like maybe he should have been like doing some mob shit as far as because Junior's like, oh, this must be some kind of end game. But but when he says that, I even feel like, but Tony's hasn't even been doing anything. Like, <laughs> yeah. you have been the boss, right? Like, yeah. things have just been rolling around, along. What the fuck have you been doing? I guess there was the big bust they did uh, of the Colombian guy and all the money and all that stuff that they're talking about. But, but right? Well, yeah, you're right. Because even going back a couple episodes, he was dealing with his daughter's soccer coach and yeah. him being like a pedo or whatever. Like, that was episode nine. And then... Um, Episode 10, yeah, was Tony hanging out with the white people. And now he's kind of back to some some mafioso stuff. Yeah. And, 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 and then before then, it was um, it was a lot of stuff about it was like Christopher's Melfi's stuff. family and Christopher. And, yeah, that was when the FBI started rearing their heads. So it doesn't didn't feel like there was that much. Like, he has been insubordinate. Sure, he's been talking to people, and he kind of has been pull, pulling strings. But I haven't seen him actually do anything that would be that bad. Yeah, and then even the episode before that, he was dealing with AJ and if he has ADD or not. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like flashing back to being a little kid in the 60s. Mm-hmm. So that's why, like, you could have just made Junior the real boss almost, like, or he kind of is because none of you, I, I mean, there's stuff behind the scenes, but it, it's almost like now. Now Junior's gonna fucking kill him, and it's more gonna be over the 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 fucking pussy jokes, uh, <laughs> not from this episode, the previous one, the previous ones, uh, and it's more gonna be over that and him fucking annoying him almost. <laughs> well, yeah, because Mikey even kind of brings that up too, doesn't he? Where he's like, yeah, uh, kind of like you don't make remarks to a guy like Junior Soprano. He's old school. You don't talk about cunnilingus or whatever he says. Yeah, cunt lapping. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so he, he does say that and um and and it says like and you definitely don't talk to some shrink babbling about uh, your nonsense that you yeah. shouldn't and then he says to add insult to injury he was planning a move against him or like so that was kind of just the the straw that broke the camel's back yes yeah so i guess it's like junior i mean i guess for junior's point of view He's still not seeing that he's the fake boss. He's just seeing it as he is the boss, but Tony's having these secret meetings because they're going to overthrow him or whatever. They're going to take his power. So, yeah, I guess that makes more sense to me. Which I got to say, I look forward to seeing how it plays out because when Junior moves against Tony, who's going to be on his side? And if he does... um I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I Honestly, I've been obviously because the episode focuses more on the leak and pussy and snitches and FBI. So I've been thinking more about that. But it is going to be pretty interesting to see how that actually plays out. Because I can't. I mean, Junior's not going to win this. <laughs> Junior's not going to be okay. And I don't know how bad it's going to go. But I, I couldn't fucking see him in the same old folks home as 
as uh, as Livia at the end of the season. That's kind of my guess, I guess. Well, you never know. I mean, the show's just called The Sopranos. It's not called Tony Soprano. So Junior That's Soprano true. fits right in with that. Well, he's going to have AJ gunning for him in that case, I guess. <laughs> because <laughs> that's why they made so many seasons. You got to have them grow up and, and everything. It's like Game of Thrones, like we said. But yes, that does summarize the whole of uh, We Don't Know Anything or whatever it's called. Uh, um, nobody Knows nobody Anything. Nobody Knows Anything. Yeah, which is an pro- appropriate title because obviously we don't know shit at this point and I'm excited to find out the truth. If you're excited to find out the truth, why not subscribe to our podcast feed at Cut to Black or showswhatyouknow.com. You can also check out twitter uh, at shows what you know that's you the letter you where we tell you when we're gonna stream but we're also trying to set a bit more of a schedule so we will be doing our soprano streams at noon um pacific standard time and nine in the evening in sweden um three o'clock on the east coast i do apologize for this week i know we said it last week and of (laughs) course i was the piece of shit that made it late it will not happen again we will be broadcasting at Noon on Sundays for Soprano Sundays. The Soprano sit down on Sunday, cut to black, and all that good stuff. We got so many names. It's crazy. <laughs> Two more names, Jim and Them. If you check out jimandthem.com, that's Jim's website. And Awesomepedia, awesomepedia.org. Also, youtube.com slash awesomepedia. Oh, my God, there are so many links for you to click and check out and enjoy. But until next week, I think there's just one link to close up here. What's that? The link where we... Cut to black. <gasps> <gasps>